morning. Welcome back in. If you're having coffee and getting refills, that's still cool. Man, look at that hush all over the crowd. People are afraid of getting called out or something. They're like, I don't want to be the guy he references. Welcome, everybody, this morning. Welcome those who are here online. It's so good to be here with you. Uh, my name is Joe, and I'm one of the pastors here at Crossroads. And it's uh, my pleasure to be a part of our teaching team. We, uh, we rotate, so you don't see the same person or hear the same person every week for your pleasure. Sometimes. Some, I'm not guaranteeing that today. You'll go, yeah, it was great. Because sometimes we need to be reminded that God speaks through all kinds of different people and that God has something to say to us. And so to practice us tuning in each week about, God, what do you want to say to me? We change the face. It's a different person. Tall, short, male, female, that God speaks through all kinds of people and that he has something to say to you. He has something to say to me today in spite of whoever the vessel is, the person is that he's going to speak through. So Let's just agree today and believe today that in spite of the person today, that God has something to say to us. Does that sound good? You online too? Thank you. Uh, Jesus, we just open our hearts. We open our ears. We open our minds to hear what you want to say to us today. I pray that you would soften the parts in our hearts that sometimes get hard and they just need to be plowed up a little bit. We give you access we invite you in and say, come have your way in our hearts, in our lives. Come make a mess because we know that you make things beautiful. You take our sadness and our mourning and you turn it into dancing. You love us. You don't come to wreak havoc. You come to bring about beauty in places where there's barrenness. You come to bring hope where we feel lost. And so we invite you today to come and do something fresh, do something new in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 10 says, let's motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Today, I pray that you are motivated. Another version says, let's consider how to stir another one up. Sometimes we just need to be stirred up because we get in this place of comfortability. We get in this mode where we're like, I'm good with the way things are right now. Anybody else? Okay, don't raise your hand. Anybody else? Don't raise your hands. You get that way where you're just like, I'm good with the way it is, and I really don't want a lot of change. I'm not welcoming that. You're like, I don't receive all that prayer you said earlier about come mess with my heart. I kind of am good with the way my heart is as, as well as I can get it. But Today we're going to talk about that God wants us to love one another. We're actually starting a new series called One Another. There is so much in the Bible where it talks about how we're supposed to treat one another. And ultimately, when they went to Jesus, they said, what's the greatest command? Like, this is a whole lot of Bible. They probably were like, man, there's so much stuff in here. We're like, just give me the cliff notes. What is the, what is the, boil it down. What is the most important thing? And he says, if you loved God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. And that'd be a great thing. He goes, but also you should love your neighbor as yourself. He starts with going like, hey, loving God is a big part of this. 
But if how you love God isn't reflective on how you love others, then you're missing it. Then maybe your love for God hasn't fully taken root. Because if God's love in your life is taking root, there's a way that they said, you'll know that you're my disciples by, he was telling his friends, he goes, people are going to know that you're following me by how you love each other. But there's lots of ways to love each other, right? So we're going to talk for a few weeks of some different ways that we can love each other. We're going to get to one simple practical thing each week. Sometimes it's too hard to look at it all at once. But if we could just go, can we just talk about something that I could do that? I could just start on that. I could just practice that thing today. Then maybe I would be a little better at loving one another because that's always a little more challenging than it sounds. You're like, yeah, love God. I love God. Now love other people. You're like, huh. Do you know them? Like, have you met some of these people? I feel like you would be a little bit more choosy with that statement, Jesus. But he wasn't. In fact, you see, he chose the people that everybody else was like, no, thank you. Not them. They're not good enough. They don't have a good enough history of this. They're a bad person because of that. They're not included. And Jesus was like, oh, they're all included. That whole thing, like loving one another, that's all of us. And I don't separate people out from that. Because the truth is, we're all broken before Jesus comes in and does a work in our life. And we're all in progress. And if you feel like you've arrived and he has no work left to do at you, you're laughing because, you know, like, then you know he has more work to do in you. <laughs> because we just are in process. And that's okay. We usually don't struggle with loving ourselves as much because there's just something hardwired into our humanity where we're just focused on ourselves. Maybe that's like the whole survival of the fittest thing where you just think about feeding yourself, feeding your family, your own protection, your own safety, your own shelter, and everybody else is a little bit stiff-armed away. And so we become a little bit more about like us. I become a lot, a lot about us. I think about me a lot more than I think about others. And Jesus was like, I want you to live in a community that's not just about you. In fact, when you see the first church in Acts chapter 2, chapter 3, it starts to talk about how they were about each other. They were about the collective. They were about the group. It was like, let's just share our stuff. Let's care about people. Let's feed those who need help. They were all about each other. And I think that that's what he was looking for. Instead of who could build their own kingdom, who could build their own fortune, who could build their own island, and forget the rest. Because if God was about that, why would he come to save me? I know I'm not good enough. I know I'm not worth his life. This series is about the numerous ways God's called us to love one another. And we're going to look at some of those. Love is a command that has a million applications. So we're going we're gonna to find one. Our first lane and application that we're going to talk about for this week, I'm going to start by saying I think it sounds simple. But maybe there's a little more to it. It's about greeting one another. Greeting one another. So if you're already like, this is the guy who was slowing down the greeting time so he could talk. 
we're going to have more time to greet, okay? There were common greetings written throughout the Bible where you could see that it was a focus and it was an intention. And we're going to talk about why that is. Whether it was um, giving people handshakes or giving people hugs or a warm greeting with what they said. Those are all things. We're going to read some in just a second. It was modeled by the leaders of the early church. And here's a few that we're going to look at. First Peter, he's talking to them. He goes, hey, we're the church in exile here. We're, the, we're not really connected. In fact, we're kind of in hiding. And he says, but not for a moment are we forgotten by God. You could just, we could just preach on that. No matter where you're at, he has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten your situation. If you were standing today, whether you raised your hand or not earlier saying, I just need God to do something, you are not forgotten. So the church says they want to be remembered to you. They're talking, this is a connection. They're like, I know we're the church as a whole, but we're the church in some different places. Please remember us. And he says, he's talking about something specific. He goes, hey, Mark is like a son to me. Guess what Mark says? Because Mark's from where you're from. He goes, he says, hello. And he wants to give holy hugs to everybody. So everybody give hugs. And to everybody who's following Jesus. Seems simple. But it's so much important that it's written in the Bible. It's not just like a hello or whatever. In 2 Corinthians, this is a great way to wrap up the letter. You can tell he's about done. He's like, that's about it, friends. You know, <laughs> he just did... 12 chapters before that of all these other things. And he's like, this is important stuff. And after that, he's like, this is about it. But here's some things. Be cheerful. Keep things up. Keep in good repair. And he goes, keep your spirits up. Think in harmony. Be agreeable. Do all that. And the God of love and peace will be with you for sure. Then he says, greet one another with a holy embrace. All the brothers and sisters here say hello. First Corinthians chapter 16 says, all the friends here have asked me to say hello to you for them and give each other a loving handshake when you meet. Now, there's all kinds of different ways to say hello, to greet somebody. We're going to go through a couple of them, all right? Because maybe you're like, eh. and then why does it say a holy handshake? Why does it say a holy hug? You'll get it. So you can greet people in different ways. Here's a couple. You can wave at people. Hi. You want to wave like this. You don't want to wave doing this, fingers fingers at people. That is not the kind of waving we do. When it says a holy, if it said a holy wave, it would be hello. I want to let you know there's different steps in greeting, and, and all of them are acceptable. So when we go through this and we talk about we need to grow in, in our comfortability with breaking out of our own little box, a wave is good. Somebody can be acknowledged when you wave at them. Hi, it's good to see you today. Shake hands. You can shake hands with people. It's in the Bible. Shaking hands, give them a holy handshake. Shake their hand. Look at their face. Say, it's good to see you. Good morning. You're like, I know these ones. This is simple. I'm doing great at church. You could hug somebody. Don't hug anybody. You could hug somebody. You need to have that relationship. If you're just the guy on the street hugging people, Weird, right? That's not what we're asking here. We're not asking here. When it said a holy embrace in that verse, there is, there is emotional intelligence built into all of these things. We just don't randomly walk up and hug people we don't know and have never seen. These two guys look like they know each other. 
They look like they're part of a, a friendship. They have a relationship. That's what I would recommend if you're doing heart-to-heart hugs with people. You, you should know them very close. So you won't find that every one of our greeters is just like long lost and it's your first time. And if that happened today, we missed you. Love you. <laughs> Here's some more. Different cultures have different ways of showing respect and greeting people. In different parts of the world, bowing is a symbol of respect. You don't have to touch them. You don't have to get close. But you just lower yourself to say, you are so important. I recognize your presence, and I'm happy to be in your company. It's a, it's a symbol of humility, too. What would it mean if somebody just was humble when they came to see you? Here's one that I'm familiar with because I have some friends from the islands, uh, friends from the Micronesian islands, Polynesian islands, and, and specifically uh, in New Zealand. The hongi it is where you take your forehead and your nose and you put them together with that other person. This is Meghan Markle. Of course, she's being greeted. Um, and what it says, it says, I breathe the same life you breathe at the same time. And I put, I put my presence and your presence so close together, I don't show myself as better than. We breathe the same life at the same time. It was probably uh, maybe 11 years ago. My friend, Pastor Paul, who's a, a chief from the Micronesian island of Nukuro, he came and their family came and they sang some songs and they shared some of their culture with us. He did the hongi for Pastor Robert. Because this is how they greet. And this is how they show there's nothing between us. Uh, you can go to some places of the world and you kiss people on the cheeks. Or really, a lot of, some of them it's an actual kiss on the cheeks. You're like, no, don't do that downstairs. Don't be kissing me on the cheek. Others, it's just that they kiss in the air, like by the cheek, which is the most common. This is how she's doing. She's like, yeah, I'm not kissing you, bro. Uh, but she's like, I'll kiss the air near you. That's good enough. So uh, there's places uh, where sticking your tongue out is a sign of respect. So I'm not saying we should be doing this on Sunday morning all the time. Like, what's up? Uh, there's super interesting cultural stuff on this stuff. Uh, the reality is there was a, a king who was a terrible king, and he had a black tongue. And so everybody else started going around to show that they weren't evil like that guy, and they showed him they had a red tongue. So there's these interesting cultural things as to why they would do that. But that country still greets people with their tongue. Usually that's like the thing you tell your two-year-old, stop doing that, stop doing that. You go there, you're awesome. You are, you are, the, you are the greeter. Uh, if you go uh, and you're part of the Maasai tribe in Kenya or North Tanzania, it's a warm greeting when somebody spits in their hand and shakes your hand. It's a very warm greeting if they just spit straight on you. Like you are part of the fam. You are part of the tribe, part of the community. So, again, please, in the morning, I'm not asking anybody to spit on people when they come in. Maybe you saw an old West where they're like, let's make a deal. It's probably they got it from there. Culturally, that is what they've been doing for a couple thousand years. That when they would make a bond, a treaty, or they would welcome somebody, they would take their life. Because when water is highly valued, to give up your saliva, to give up the water that comes from your life and share it with somebody else, not that you're asking for it, okay? 
That's where the cultural gets its value from. Because when you, you don't have a lot of water, to share your water with somebody says, I value you. So one of my famous, favorite ones, they wouldn't let me show a video, got edited out by my wife because it was Tom Cruise, and I guess he didn't have his shirt on, and he was doing the high five. And they, you know, they finished it with a low five too. And I was like, we can play that. Who hasn't seen that? You can give somebody a high five. That's a way to greet somebody. I want to share, they found a better clip, to be honest. They upped it. They'll give you sound in a second. But these are a couple guys who high-fived, and it was life-changing for them. Every week, Andy Gullahorn goes for a walk. And every week, about a mile and a half away, his friend Gabe Scott does the same thing at the same time. They walk toward each other, and when they meet, it's the weirdest thing. You see that? Clap, snap, high five. Then, often, they simply walk home. The whole exercise, their way of saying hi. You realize people have telephones, and you can just call your buddy. You're right, we should have been doing that this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and pick up the phone is great, but I've got a friend who literally will walk through the rain and the snow just to give me a high five, and I wish everybody could feel that feeling. Andy and Gabe are musicians in Nashville. They met at a concert in 2000 and became friends. They got together on occasion, but not as often as they would have liked. So they invented this bit of silliness seven years ago as a way of guaranteeing they see each other at least once a week. So this is the High Five Journal. Andy has a log of every encounter, including the one that was nearly their last. It was High Five number 312. Gabe was hospitalized with a severe form of encephalitis. It caused his brain to swell and robbed him of his past. I pretty much forgot my life. Your whole life? Yeah. And that's when his buddy Andy, now came to visit. Said, well, Gabe, this is going to sound really weird, but I need you to do something for me. Give me a high five. And he was like, okay. When the moment happened, my body just did what it's been doing for years. <laughs> Clap, snap, high five. That was in September. Since then, a lot of his memories have returned. But few more cherished than this silly tradition, which doesn't seem quite so silly anymore. It's really special to have something, have a memory of something. To have something that's this consistent in my life, that means this much. Andy even wrote a song about their ritual. So take a walk with me on Monday morning. It's a reminder that going out of your way for someone is still the straightest path to an evention. Knowing small things matter, it's really no small thing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So you can see why Tom Cruise lost out, because <laughs> that guy's story's way better. Um, to have something that matters that much about whether it's physical contact or just somebody showing that they care about you, that's really what greeting is about. It is less about the actual style of whether it's a hug, a side hug, a high five, a wave, a just a good morning and a, a look in the eyes about whatever it might be. It's about the heart that's behind it. Because if you could hear that guy's story, 
he just felt needed, and he felt seen when he connected with his friend Andy. And when we come here and we're part of a community here, more than you know it, people want to be seen, and they want to be known. And even though you come into a group, there are, there are some of us who still feel alone. Surrounded by 150, 200 people, they still just feel alone. And sometimes greeting people can be the highlight of their day, the highlight of their week. Stopping, pausing, taking time to ask how they're really doing, thinking about them. If they're having a challenge, go, can I just pray for you? Like right now. I don't have to wait during the middle of the week and maybe forget about it. Like, can I just pray for you now? Not in a weird way. Like, God, would you do that for them? Would you help them with that? So here's a couple uh, uh, thoughts around these things. Why, why do we greet people? We greet people so that they'll know that we welcome them. This shows them our position to them. In uh, Romans 16, there's a couple different versions here. I don't know why they translated it different in these different versions. Maybe because people freaked out by the first one or whatever. It says, greet each other with a holy kiss. All the Church of Christ sends greetings. Maybe they're like, man, I don't need holy kiss from these people. So the message version says, holy hugs all around. Like that one. You're like, this is much more my style. I, I know why I like the uh, message version. The Living Bible says, shake hands warmly with each other. Have you ever had a warm handshake versus a, mm -hmm. nice to see you. Or maybe you've had a handshake with somebody and they're just still moving through it. Like they're shaking your hand, but they're not, they're not there really. They did the handshake because they had to, but they didn't look at you. They didn't recognize you. They didn't see you. There's a lot of things we can do with greeting that make a difference in people's lives. We open ourselves up when we share how we feel about people. Here's a, a, an opportunity that Jesus used to just help people know, like, I want to greet you. And I want you to know where you stand, where we stand. In John chapter 20, Jesus had just, so this is good, it's just after Easter. He's got his friends who all kind of ran away. The disciples who were like, oh, they just killed him. Let's go. And they were scared. Probably rightfully so. If you had a lot of friends and you hung out for a couple years and they just killed the most popular friend, you're like, I think they're looking for us. In fact, they keep asking about us and they're looking for us too. So it says they were all together and it says Jesus showed up. It says, then the same day at evening before the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, so they were afraid, right? It says Jesus came and stood in their midst. So for a couple things now, right? Jesus was dead, now he's in the room, and he's not. So they were already afraid of people hunting them down, and then Jesus shows up not dead. So this is what Jesus says to them. He says, peace be with you. You could translate that to, like, it's okay. Like, I'm not here to hurt anybody. You guys aren't in trouble for abandoning me. He says, peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands that they were pierced from when he was on the cross. And he showed them their side for when they, they punctured it to show that he was dead. And they're like, they were glad when they saw him. And they said, he, he says again, he goes, peace be with you. Like, don't freak out. He goes, as my father sent me, I send you. So what does this peace be with you mean? Shalom Aleichem. See, I studied 
It's good, you know. Shalom Aleichem means peace be with you. It, it's a standard greeting that's used in Israel today. It's, it can be hello, it can, can be goodbye. But when Jesus was saying it, he was saying, I know you're afraid, but you don't have to be afraid. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to judge you. I still love you. I'm bringing peace to this meeting. I'm bringing peace to this conversation. I want you to think about this moment right now as peaceful, not as something you need to be afraid about. Jesus was offering them peace instead of fear, instead of judgment. He's still doing that today. If your heart is in a place where you're afraid, if your heart is in a place where you're hurting, he offers you his peace. The Bible describes him, one of the names that they attribute to him, it says he's the prince of peace, that, that he's the one who dispenses peace, that his kingdom is filled with peace. The second thing, and that illustrated right there, we greet people so that they're going to know that our intentions are good. You know, the original high five started to show that I don't have a weapon in my hand. I've come to bring peace to this meeting, to this discussion. One of the reasons when you shake hands and sometimes in certain cultures, you'll put the other hand on their arm. Sometimes I call it the pastor shake. You know, you shake somebody's hand and then you put the other hand right there. It's also to go like, I got nothing else up my sleeves. I'm not here to trick you and deceive you. You're not in trouble with me. It's a sign to show that I don't have any weapons. It's a sign to show there's nothing bad between us. To embrace somebody heart to heart says something that says, my heart, your heart, nothing between us. A third reason, we greet people so that they'll know that they're seen by us and they're valued by us. This is the crux of what we're talking about today. We greet people because we want them to know that they're accepted and that we see them. I see you, I see you, I see you. Do you know how... Many people are running through life just wanting to be seen, just wanting to be accepted. They'll live totally different lives than the, what they're doing if they can find a group that will just accept them. If they'll just be more like that, I'll, I'll root for that team if you'll be like me. I need some friends. That's why there's so many Yankee fans. Like, they're just look, <laughs> looking to fit in, you know. I'm just kidding. I don't care about baseball. I know you don't either, so. But the Giants, the Giants, Los Gigantes, come on now. People want to be known, and they want to be needed, and they want to be seen. And you can do that by greeting people. Let me give you an example of how Jesus did that. Because sometimes we're like, is this really a spiritual conversation? Say hi to people. Let me show you an example where it was spiritual conversation, and it changed somebody's life. Like that, yeah. <laughs> Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and he had to pass through the city of Jericho. There lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus. When I say Zacchaeus, you say, boo. There was a wealthy man named Zacchaeus. That's what everybody thought about Zacchaeus, because Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And if you knew what that meant, he was the guy who worked for Rome. Nobody liked him. And he made money by collecting taxes plus. So maybe you owe 10. He's like, it's going to be 13. Guess who got the extra three? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was rich because everybody had to pay their taxes, and if they didn't, Rome would be mad at them. They already didn't like Rome. So now you work with Rome. You're taking from your own people, and you're padding that so you can make extra. 
we hate the tax collectors. Zacchaeus, boo, we don't like you. That's what everybody thought about him. He was very eager to see Jesus. Did you know that there's people who may be in a place in their life, they're caught up in all the wrong things, but when they recognize that Jesus is around, he's still so attractive. He's still so different. And even if they don't feel seen, they don't feel cared for, they don't feel loved, sometimes you just go like, I got to see this. I'm going to tell you how they see that. They see that in us. When we talk about people will know that you follow Christ by how you love one another, that's where you'll get people who are going in a different direction in life than you. They go like, hold on, I got to check this out. What do you mean you actually went and fed people and you're not getting anything out of it? What do you mean you gave that away? What does it mean that you, they're so warm and kind. They came to say hi to us. They don't even know us. Why would they care about us? Very eager to see Jesus. He kept trying to get a look at him through the massive crowd. Guess what? Zacchaeus was a little shorter than I was by a couple feet, probably. <laughs> Since Zacchaeus was a short man, it's in the Bible, I didn't make it up. When this, the Bible says he was a short man, the common height at that time, the way they try to whatever, I don't know. They also say dinosaur bones are 58 billion years old, but they said the average height in that time would have been around five foot four. So if he was short, he wasn't five foot four, maybe four foot four. Let's just go with that, okay? So two feet shorter than me. He was so short that he couldn't see over the heads of the people. So he ran ahead of everybody, and he climbed up a blossoming fig tree to get a glimpse. There was nothing that would stop him from getting closer to Jesus. I want to be a part of a church who does everything they can to remove barriers so that people can get closer to Jesus. And sometimes that just requires us to be willing to greet them and accept them flaws and all. Like God accepts us, flaws and all. He does the work about working out those things. You'll see that happen in Zacchaeus' story. So Jesus gets to that place. He's walking through. There happens to be this fig tree, and there's some dude up in the fig tree. Probably not even that uncommon because Jesus was pretty popular a lot of the time. Sometimes he was popular in the wrong way. Kill him. He looked up in the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus. And there were probably a lot of people around here still going, boo. But Jesus wasn't listening to the boo. He saw Zacchaeus and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. For I must stay at your house today. Jesus invited himself. First off, he saw Zacchaeus. He called him by name. He knew his name. And he said, come down. We got to go to your house today. We should go eat at your house today. You know how many people wanted to go eat at Zacchaeus' house? None. None. So he says, we should go to your house today. And Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus. And many in the crowd complained. They said, boo, look at this guy. Of all the people to have dinner with, he's going to the house of a crook. You're going to see why in a minute. Zacchaeus was amazed over his gracious visit to his home, and he joyously welcomed Jesus. When I think about the love of God, I go back to Zacchaeus' story to go like, why would he see me? Why would he care about me? Why would he invite me? And those are the thoughts that I have that I'm overwhelmed by how gracious and loving Jesus is. And I recognize that even though I don't feel like I should be seen, he stops to see me. And he stops to see you. 
Zacchaeus was overwhelmed. So much so, Jesus didn't give him a sermon. Jesus didn't give him the 10 steps to be a Christian. He just saw him and said, let's eat. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, half of everything I own, I'm going to give to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I promise to pay them back four times as much as I stole. Jesus didn't ask him, have you been stealing from people? Jesus didn't ask him, did you get wealthy by robbing your own people? That wasn't a conversation. It was like, what's for dinner, man? Let's go. But when he felt seen and he he felt welcomed and he felt cared about, he invited God's presence to come and change him. Jesus said, your repentance, which means you've turned around, you've gone the other direction. Instead of being this way, you've chosen to be that way. You recognize what you did was wrong, and you said, I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm going to go the right way. He said, your repentance shown today that life has come to your household, and you're a true son of Abraham. He says, you're one of us. You're part of the community. You're part of the family. You're welcomed in. Something I think Zacchaeus never thought would ever be said because he had the wrong job. And Jesus says this. He says, the Son of Man came to seek out and give life to those who are lost. He said, this is my job. My job is to look for the people who nobody's looking at. My job is to see the people that nobody has seen. My job is to rescue the people who are lost and nobody's helping them. He gives us that job. So when we talk about something as simple as greeting people, recognizing them, seeing them, he goes, I want you to look for people who aren't seen, who don't feel like they're accepted. He goes, that's our job. And he goes, if we want to be a community that is known for loving one another, he goes, go find somebody who doesn't, doesn't look like they're part of the group, who is standing around or in the corner. And part of that, I get it. We're shy sometimes, right? We're like, hey, I'm not the in the middle of the circle life of the party person. I don't know that Zacchaeus was. But he goes, people still want to be welcomed. They want to be invited. It doesn't mean they have to get in the middle of the dance circle. It means that they just need to be recognized. And sometimes that's as simple as saying, good morning, how are you? What's your name? My name is Joe. It's good to have you here today. Anything I can do for you? I can tell you that one of the best jobs I've ever had at this church was being on the greeting team, being part of the first impressions team. For years, I got to stand at the front door and meet everybody. If you're like, I just don't know people here, that's one of the best jobs to get because you'll see everybody come in. And you can stand there if you want when they leave and say goodbye. It was so good having you. See you next week. Before you know it, you're going to know a lot of people. Or you could just be near that area and you'll see a lot of people. You can figure it out. You can find your own comfort zone, okay? But when we're willing to make ourselves uncomfortable, go out of our space, we can help somebody else be comfortable. I think Jesus probably had a plan for that day, and I don't know that Zacchaeus was part of it, but then there was that moment when he saw him, and he goes, yeah, this is what we're doing today. This is what we're doing today. And sometimes our schedules are so rigid, we just need to stop and go, there's something important to do, and it's this person right here. So we're all a part, you're all, just so you know, I've just signed everybody up. You're all part of our First Impressions team. You all can welcome people. You don't have to have a badge. You don't have to have a position. You don't have to be on a schedule. This is your home. 
this is a place that you can feel safe at. You can feel loved and accepted, and you can offer that to anybody else. You're welcome here. You're loved. You're accepted. Not based on your experience, not based on your performance in the past, not based on how much you do or don't know Jesus. You're welcome here. Adam helps lead our first impression scene, but he'll say, hey, but if you would like to sign up, you can do that. There's connection cards you can fill out. You can go on the app. You can join the team. You'd love it. Maybe you're saying to yourself today, though, that you're not like a people person. You know what that means? So you like shake your head and you're like, I'm not really a people person. I'm more introverted. I'm not so much a go meet everybody and I know all their names. I get it. Or maybe you're just uncomfortable with that whole thing. But if this is your home, this is a place that you say, this is my, that's my church home. You don't have to be uncomfortable at your house. When, if you invite people over to your house for a barbecue, you're not like, I just don't want to say hi because I don't want to feel. They're at your house. You say hi. You let them know where the bathroom is. It's not weird. If you don't tell them where the bathroom is, you're going to have problems to clean up. You should tell them. Come on, girls. But somebody should never have to come to your house and not feel like they're welcome or accepted, especially if you've invited them. And nobody should ever have to come here, our house, and say, I don't know if I'm welcome. I don't know if I'm accepted. I don't know if they actually care about me. If we had a Hall of Fame for greeters, you know in sports they like hang a jersey from the rafter like, this person is so great. We have some of those here, some that are still here. Henry, if you're watching, you are one of our Hall of Fame greeters. I love you so much. You've brightened my life. I know you're going through some physical challenges. I'm praying for you. I love you. Uh, when you talk about finishing well, you are finishing well, and I'm so proud of you. Hanging from the rafters. How do you not be on the schedule, but you just care about loving people every day, every week? When he says, you'll be known by how you love one another, you'll be known by how you greet people. That'll separate us from just being those, those other people or whoever. It's like, those people, they're different. Like, they care about people that they don't have to care about. So I don't have a lot more in the message to talk about because it, it does boil down to something that I think is simple, but does require practice to do. It requires being intentional it requires stepping out of our own comfort zone of like, I just kind of like to go to my seat, get my coffee, and just be. And sometimes you just go like, that person's by themselves. Like, just go say hi. Make sure that they know that they're valued. And if you don't think that it matters, Matthew 5, there's a couple versions here for you. I'm going to show you the King James Version. I'm going to show you why we don't use it very often. <laughs> because it's hard to read, because nobody talks like this anymore unless you're doing Shakespeare in your sophomore year class. <laughs> it says, and if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Nobody talks like that, and you read it, and you have no idea what it said. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's not the inspired word of God. So all you do is take that same word and go, what is the word that we use for that today? I don't know what a publican is, and I don't want to have to read a history book to 
end up figuring out what he's talking about. In the New International Version, it's not even that new, from the 80s. It says, if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even the pagans do that. The pagans means non-believers. It means they're not followers of Christ. He goes, if you're just only greeting people that are part of the, the crew, part of the, the community, and you could care less about anybody else, he goes, man, everybody does that to their friends. He goes, but followers of Christ, they should be willing to expand their circle a little bit. They should be willing to be a little bit uncomfortable sometimes because people matter. And Jesus has showed us people matter. But if we can't do good here in this building, good luck doing it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday throughout your week. So I'm gonna gonna give you some good news though. How are we doing as a church? I can tell you, we do great here. Maybe you're like, no, I don't know about that. But I can tell you that over and over, one of the things that people say about this community, about you, is how warm and welcoming you are. Like to a degree, I had a guy that I met uh, when I was doing my uh, graduate work and uh, met a couple times. Really, really nice guy. His family was doing like a uh, summer camping tour. They were just driving across the states, hauling their kids around in the camper. And he called me. He's like, hey, can I come to church when I'm in town? I was like, yeah, man. I didn't know which week until like the day before. I didn't tell anybody. And when he left uh, the next day after that on Monday, he sent a message to Rob, who we got to meet when he was here. And he goes, I just want to tell you, we've visited dozens of churches this summer. In Crossroads, there's nobody like them. They were the warmest, most welcoming, most kind people. We felt like we were at home and we'd never been here before. That's how well you do as a group. And if you're going, it wasn't me, (laughs) you're invited to be that, to do that, to grow in that. Because we do work hard to make sure we have a team here each week who's doing that. But you don't have to be on the team to do that. You are already on the team, whether you're signed up or not. You can greet somebody when you're not registered or signed up because that's who we are. That's who we are. That's what we should be known for. People should see us and go like, something's different there, and I like it. And I want to be around it. I want more of it. So um, the worship team, if you guys want to come up, they have another song for us to sing. And then...
greeting people. You can invite somebody to lunch. You can do a lot of things, but we want to be known as a church who greets people well and who cares about people. This is something you can do as a church easily, and we can do it week after week, and you can also carry it into your everyday life. So let me pray for you. Jesus, would you help us to be bold enough to just say hi to people? Would you help us to be bold enough to care about them and to see people like you saw us? Thank you that you're so faithful that you never just oversee, overlooked us. You never passed us by, but you stopped for each one of us and said, I see you. I want to be with you. And as we get a chance to greet with each other today, there may be somebody who says, I need somebody to pray for me. Would you just be as bold enough to say, would you, as somebody greets you, say, hey, would you mind just praying for me real quick? Because we have the capacity to just pray for each other and to invite God into whatever situation it is 
no matter what your question, what your care, what your concern is, he wants to be a part of your life and we can help each other with it. So I want to release you this morning to go ahead and greet each other. Have a great week.